Um, <laughs> yes. Yeshiva of Newark offers a hearty mazel tov to the Skeis family. Our Rosh Yeshiva, Rav Shmuel Skeis Shlita, uh, was blessed with a, a grandson that was born. Um, I don't know the exact date. I know it was a couple of days ago. And uh, due to complications, uh, the child is in the NICU of one of the hospitals here in Manhattan. I think it's in Columbia Presbyterian, I do believe. Um, so we are dedicating this year, not only giving a mazel tov to Rav Skeist and, uh, and his family, but also Rafur Shwema Bikorov to, as of yet, without a name, Tinok Ben Chayasara. So this year is uh, dedicated for, for that child, Rafur Shwema Tashem. We should, should be Zoha to bring him to uh, Bris soon, and we should be Mesameyach with him, Biyachad with Rashiv and the whole uh, Klau Yisro. Um, I have the uh, honor uh, today of introducing uh, a young man who has been making uh, a lot of great impressions here in the newer community. And uh, we talked about, as Tu B'Shvat is this Monday, so the we're going to have a, a, a shira. Actually, I called it a discussion because as uh, our guest found out last week that as much as we lecture here. We do more than just lecturing. We actually discuss, and there's a lot of involvement. So uh, a special halachic slash mystical discussion. Maybe the two areas don't really have such a firm border between them on Tu B'Shvat. So uh, the title of our presentation today is Ke'odam Eitz HaSode. And that posik that's uh, written in Sefer Dvorim where it talks about making milchome against our nation, against our enemies, and not to destroy the trees. The Odom Eitzasoda, man, is somehow Eitzasoda. We're going to try to find man beyond the trees. And again, it's my honor uh, to introduce uh, the Shliach of Chabad, Young Professionals of Newark. A little bit of research yesterday allowed me to uh, find out that Chabad Young Professionals is... Uh, it's a new, uh, I don't know how new it is, but I know that something that has uh, been very strong, it's taken uh, the cure of world by storm, where there is a, uh, a different type of avgosha, a different type of emphasis, Chabad young professionals. And uh, we have the shliach of the Chabad of the young professionals of Newark, uh, Rabbi Avram Minsky. So uh, I would ask you to please uh, treat him as bad as you treat me. And um, don't be, please don't be shy. I know that he's ready uh, to give over some wonderful ideas. We are going to try to have on the board, as usual, uh, the Marmachemus, but we have made a copy of 50 of the Marmachemus. There's also, in anticipation here of Tu Bishvat, of course, we have some Brachos Bauer Priyayets. You can find them there uh, as well. I thank Rabbi Mitzvah for bringing the the Choruv. Um, bringing out their Shimon Bar Yachai and all of us to Mitzvah Shem, the Kav Harubin. It's not a Kav worth, but it should be enough to break your teeth on. So, um, without further ado, Rabbi Minsky, please. I don't know what the yeshiva I need to Zev, can you come around here and give a little bit of help here? You can start, Rabbi Minsky. Go ahead. I'm just trying to get. Thank you very much, Rabbi Kimilevich, for. 
inviting me to to YGT and making this happen. Today we'll discuss a general concept of Tubishvat. There's handouts on the table for those who'd like, as you can follow along. So overall, there was once Albert Einstein. Professor Einstein was once on the traveling on the train. And as he's traveling, the conductor is coming by, passing by the carts, and he's checking everyone's tickets. Tickets, please, tickets, please. Comes to the professor. Professor, you have your tickets. He looks in his right pocket, looks in his left pocket. And then he doesn't find it. He starts scratching his head. He's looking, opening his bags, looking here, looking there. The doctor says, Professor, it's fine. We know you. It's okay. And he continues his route. But Professor continues looking for his tickets. He gets down on the floor. And the conductor comes back to him. Professor, it's fine. We know you. It's, it's okay. So the professor tells him, Listen, I know I had a ticket, but I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> You know, sometimes in life, what's important is we have to have direction. We have to know what is our guidance, what is our goals, what's, where are we headed towards. And something which we can learn out of the tree, out of this holiday of Tubishvat, is pretty much is the direction of where we're supposed to be heading towards in life. So today we will discuss generally what is the concept of the 15th of Shvat. What does it mean, the holiday of the trees? What does it practically mean? in the halachic perspective in the Jewish law, um, the reasoning for eating of the fruits these days, and what's the meaning which we can take in our lesson in life. So we'll start the source, the concept. Where did it all start? So it starts, you have it in text one. Text one is a quote from the, from the Mishnah, which is the first halachic, the, the uh, foundation of uh, halachic text of Jewish law, which over there it says, it's a quote from the Mishnah and Gittin. It says that there are Sorry, mission of Rosh Hashanah. It says that there are four Rosh Hashanahs. Four year, four beginnings of the year, right? We know of one. One famous one. But there's four New Year's, actually. And it brings, you have, you know, different things, you know, and different New Year's, which mean different things in Judaism. Now he goes, let's go straight to our point. He says, the first of Shvat is the New Year of the trees. That is the opinion of Bet Shammai. As usual, there's two, you know, Two Jews, three opinions. In this case, it's two. And then there's Betila, which says, that no, it's the 15th of the month. 15th of the month, that's the New Year of the Trees. What does it mean, the New Year of the Trees? Well, what happens in the middle of winter that you make it the New Year of the Trees? What exactly happens to the trees? There's no leaves, there's no fruits, there's nothing going on. So in text two, you have the Talmud, which the Talmud explains the Mishnah. And the Talmud actually goes into the discussion asking what is the reason what exactly is happening on the 15th and they explain because that's the time when most of the rainy season passed by already so this is the 15th of Shvat which is you could say the middle of February so most of the rainy season most of the winter came by and therefore this is actually nourishing the trees and giving it the amount of nourishment that it will need to provide the fruit for the upcoming year an interesting Rashi, which is one of the main commentaries on the on the Gemara, he actually explains that that's the time that the sap actually starts rising in the trees. So therefore, this is called the New Year of the Trees because that's when the sap starts to rise. Okay, very nice. So what does it practically mean in Jewish law? What difference does it make? Why are you making a whole New Year's out of it? Okay, so the tree starts to, you know, the, 
So things start to blossom. Things start, start to get moving. So in text 3, we have a quote from Maimonides, a Rambam. And he says as follows, that there is a law in the land of Israel we know. It's interesting, generally, for those who eat kosher. Generally, when you're traveling, you don't have kosher food. So the easiest thing, you just go buy fruits and vegetables. It's easy, dude. Simple. In Israel, where there's the most kosher food available, to buy fruits and vegetables, you also need a kosher certification. Why? Because in Israel, there's laws which are connected with the land. And that is that they have to give... Um, a certain percentage has to be given over to the poor, a certain percentage has to be given to the Kohen, etc. There's certain years which we don't use the fruits. And regarding setting aside, putting aside Truma, putting aside these 10% of the fruit to the poor, so the Maimonides says that every single year there's, there's a tax season, right? There's a, there's a time when you calculate the year. What's considered fruit of this year? Right? So in the, normally about over here in the U.S., when a person makes a salary, so you see, you have to look how much money did you make in 2019, which is from the from January till December. So, where do you calculate what's considered fruits of the year? So, the Maimonides said, this is what the new year of the trees comes in place. Here is where you calculate whatever came before the 15th of the month, the 15th of the month of Shvat. That is from last year's. Whatever comes afterward, that's already the new year produce, and therefore it will go into next year's calculation. You only need to see your accountant the year after. Now, so overall it comes out, as you see from my mom, he says, it's basically, it, this is something which is related to farmers. Farmers have to know this information. If you're not a farmer or you're not living in Israel, it's not really so relative to you. So why do we see, why, what's the concept that it turned into a holiday? It's a day that um, we, we celebrate, we don't fast on such a day. There is um, some people which actually have the custom... We, we have a custom to eat fruits on this day. So the first time we actually see such an idea is as you can see it in text 4. Text 4, this was a response from Rabbeinu Gershom. He was one of the um, fa- famous rabbis in the in the 14th century. No, no, earlier. Earlier than that. It's two centuries before Rashi. Mar-a-go. Mar-a-go. So Rabbeinu Gershom, so Rashi was born 10... Rashi died 1096. So we're talking about the 11th century, the beginning of the 11th century. So that's what we're talking about. So it's about, yeah. Yeah. Right. So he says as follows. There's people which asked him a question that they wanted to schedule a fast for some reason, and he told them that my opinion is that since the 15th of the Shabbat is considered the new year, new year of the trees, therefore you should not start the fast on that day. Rather, you should start it a week later. And he says, not necessarily considered, it doesn't say particularly a new year for us, but being that the, the Mishnah, the, which is the source of this concept of the new year, brings that there's four new years and puts them all together, right? There's the new year of Rosh Hashanah, our new year, and then later on, there's the new year of the trees, because it's together, that means it is a special day, there is some meaning to it. And therefore he says, we should use it as a special day, and we should not fast on such a day. Later on, the Magen Avram, as uh, Rabbi Kalev just put up on the board, you can see, he is the first one which brought in the brought the halachic opinion that it's common that there's a um, a custom to eat fruits. And interesting, he actually quotes a Sephardic rabbi. He himself was Ashkenazi, and he quotes a Sephardic rabbi, which says that the Ashkenazim have the custom <laughs> to eat fruits. Each one's throwing it back at the other. 
Now, interesting, I looked into it. You know, what's the reason of eating fruit? So you're saying uh, the Tikkun Yasasfer that's quoted here is a Sephardi? Yeah. Who, who, did you just see who that was, who the Tikkun Yasasfer was? Yeah, I, I looked it up. I didn't see the exact, I don't But you saw it, he was, he was yeah. from the Oriental Jews. He wasn't. Yeah. But, he, but he says, but he said that's what the Ashkenazim did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's interesting. I saw, there's a few uh, reasons for why we, there's a custom, the custom of to eat fruits was made on, the, on this particular day. Some say it's in order to, to give gratitude, being that this is the start of the growth of the fruit, so let's give gratitude to, to Hashem, to God, for giving us fruits. But some say a very interesting thing, and that is that being that the Jewish people, back in the day, most of the Jewish population was in the land of Israel. So it was easy. You know, everyone remembered, everyone knew that there's a concept of the 15th of Shvat, that there's a concept that this is when you got to Make your calculations, tell your accountant X amount came in this year, and make the calculations for New Year. But if you're not living in Israel, if you're not a farmer, Tubishvat has absolutely no meaning to you. And therefore, in order to commemorate, not to forget of such a date, so the Jewish people established, you know what, let's commemorate this day by at least eating fruits. And they specifically ate fruits which are particularly connected with the land of Israel. And interesting, I saw another thing. You know, it's very common. You know, common. You'll find that people are eating dried fruits on Tubishvat on the fifteenth of Shvat. And if you ask me the source of it, it was a very technical reason, because technically, if you're not living in Israel, you're living in Europe back in the day, and you want to have fruits from the land of Israel, you know, you don't have trains or planes like you have today. You have to travel by wagon. There's no way. You know, by the time you get the fruit, it's, it's not going to be a fruit anymore. So the only way you're going to be getting it if it's dried. It was technical. You know, some people today, you know, they claim why if you're living in Israel, you shouldn't be eating dried fruits from Turkey. <laughs> you know, but so overall, this is the reasoning behind this custom. But now let's move more into the mystical idea. Why is it so important? Because people who wanted to eat shivas minim, right? You weren't getting them in Europe, whether it was a season or not. Right. That's right. True. But now let's see, why do we, overall, why do we make such a celebration? Or the celebration of the trees? So see, there's a verse in the Torah. As you see in text 5, which says as follows, Adam Adam that men... So where do you see a celebration, Rabbi Minsky? I mean, you see that there's a minute to eat. Where's there a celebratory aspect here? No time. Oh! So I was waiting for you to say. Right, okay. So that's that. That's that... The Mogan Avram is going on that piece in the Shulchan Aruch where it says, right, that, uh, right? Right, we don't, we don't fast on that day, we don't uh, have to say takon on that day, as follows. Right. And then, then we have also, right, that's, right, the Sif before that. And that's already, so that's, that's a simon of some sort of, I guess it's a celebration of many shows, right? <laughs> they don't have to say doctor. <laughs> By us, it's a big celebration too in Armenian because it makes us celebrate the the pilpulishaltayra that we have to go into of deciding yes or no. Right. Yeah. Especially if it's on a Monday like this year. So it makes a bigger difference. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so back to the verse, which you should have in text 5. It's a, it's a pasuk, it's a verse in uh, Deuteronomy that said that the man is like a tree. 
And the famous question appears, why are you comparing man to a tree? Couldn't say something better. You know, you can learn many things from different things in life. We know the Jewish people, that's, you know, Jacob, you know, compared to some of his sons, give them blessings. You know, you should be as fast as a deer. Uh, Judah should be like a lion. But obviously, that's only certain details of it. Why are we comparing man to a tree? The, the big uh, qualifications of a person is a tree. Imagine a person comes to an interview. This guy's amazing. He's like a tree. <laughs> How would you take that? So, and this is actually a question that the Talmud had this question. As you see in text 6, the Talmud asked the question. He said, what does it say in the verse? Is a man like a tree? Why can bring man to a tree? So the Talmud goes on that actually in the verses over there, there's discusses regarding the idea if someone wants to um, chop down a tree and says that if the tree, the tree has fruits, so you should eat from the fruit, you should not chop it down. A different verse, it says that you should chop down the tree, and it says that if it's a per- if it's a tree which bears fruit, you're not allowed to chop it down. If it's a tree which does not bear fruit, then you're allowed to. And the Gemara compares it, what would that, the Talmud compares it, what would that be relevant to a person? That if this is a wise man, a Talmud Chacham, a wise man, but he's a proper man, Hagun, he's a proper man, then you should learn from him. Then you should take from it, look from his qualities. If not, you shouldn't. Now, we'll look more in depth. What does it mean? Why we compare to a tree? What's the specialty of a tree? So overall, we know... Correct. Now, but that applies also to... You have animals also have that idea. Animals also have the idea of multiplying. But the specialty of a, tr- of a tree, of the other types of beings, right? we know overall... There's something called there's domain, so bear. There are things which don't move, they're like rocks, which don't move, they have any, any life. Then there's things which, there's the planet kingdom, things that grow. Then there's the animal life, and then there's humans. The specialty we find in, in the planet kingdom is that it's always connected to its roots, it's always connected to its source. And this is something that is specifically we find by trees. A man, animals, we came from the ground originally, we came from our source, but we're not connected to our source. And even as we grow, we're not connected to the food we eat, to the place which gives us the power to continue to grow. The island and the tree, it's always connected to its original source and to the source that it's continuing to grow from. And in fact, a tree is even greater than plants, because plants, there is a time of year that they're out, that they would fall out. But on the other hand, trees... Trees are constantly, even during the winter time, the entire year, throughout all the seasons, it's continually, it's always connected to its original source. Now we know that the person is compared to a small world. Every person is like a world in himself. And in a person also, there's different parts of the person. There's the parts of the person which are considered like things like a rock, which don't move. Then there's the parts of the person which are which are similar to the, to the planet kingdom, things which grow. And then there's parts of the person which are like, thing, like, like animals, and then there's the parts of the person which are more elevated like the person himself. And the Hasidic masters explain, what is the part of the person that are things which grow? And they say this is the character of a person. The character of a person grows as the person gets older. The type of person you are, a kind person, a negative person, and more than that, 
it's very much connected to its roots. A person grows up as a kind person. A person grows up as a patient person, or as an angry person, or a person who's fearful. It's something that grows with you. And it's very hard to change. Yes, it is possible to take a tree and take it out from here. If you take it with its roots and replant it somewhere else, so you are technically able to change your character. But it's very difficult. <coughs> On the other hand, regarding your understanding, your mind, you, you're able to understand an opinion which is totally different than your view. You're not necessarily, it's not necessarily related. It's not connected to who you really are. It's not connected to your actual being. And now we can understand, get back to understanding why we're comparing a man to a person. There was once a professor, Chertov, his name was. And this person, he, this professor, he used to lecture very much on relationships between husband and wife and how you're supposed to treat your wife and you're supposed to speak nicely to her and appreciate what she does. And people really were amazed. He used to come all from all over the world. Yeah, thank you. You know, to come listen to his lectures. And came, so came the day, one day, he was strolling in the park with his wife. And to his luck, some of his students, his followers, were actually there. And they see that they got, you know, they're in a conversation. And they see that it's starting to get heated up. And they start to raise their voices. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, the guy, the professor starts screaming. Like, my God, is that him? You sure? You got your glasses on? That's him. And all of a sudden, you see, he just walks off. He walked off on her. And they're like shocked. The professor himself? Doesn't make sense. He, it doesn't make sense. So they go over to him afterwards. And they approach him. Professor. Professor Charta. You know, we, we were in the park the other day and we saw something happening, but how does this match? So listen up. At the campus... I'm Professor Chartov. Over here, I'm Mr. Chartov. And the two people have no relation. Sometimes we understand things, but it doesn't have any connection to our character. The job of a person, what's the goal? What's the direction in life? The job of a person is to connect, to make a bridge between what we understand and the way we act and our character. And now we can understand why we're comparing a man to a tree. Because the main objective, the main purpose of a person on this world is not so much developing knowledge, understanding. It's rather fixing yourself. Connecting what you understand with what you are. And it was interesting, the um, fifth Chabad Rebbe, his name was Rabbi Shalom Dover. Once he wasn't feeling well, and he actually he went to a, uh, the famous neurologist, which was also the big professor, Professor Freud at the time. And he was a big, you know, and there, he knew that this rabbi was a big Hasidic master. And he told me, well, what's the whole idea of, of your Hasidism, of, of Judaism? And he told him the whole job of a person is that his character should be aligned with the way he understands. And the professor told him, but how could you, how could you do that? You know, the mind and the heart are two separate worlds. said that exactly it. The job of a person, make a bridge, make that connection. I guess they could come to IDT, they'll they tell you how to network. <laughs> make that phone line between your mind and your character. And that will change the person. 
And that's the person which we should learn from. This, as you see, is brought out in text 7b by the Abad Rebbe. And now we can properly understand what the Gemara says. If he's a Talmud Chacham, but he's a proper Talmud Chacham, Hagun, then it's someone you should learn from. So Lachaim, Lachaim. You know, when we say Lachaim, you know, we should all uh, strengthen our roots, you know, and be like a tree. Which is interesting, a tree, although we're connected to its source, but we're out of our source. Which shows us that, yes, we're not in our source. We're not necessarily in the surroundings, you know, which uh, of home and, you know, which would make it more comfortable to be as we would like to act. You know, we have difficulties as other people out there. But nevertheless, as long as we're connected to the roots, we're connected to the source. So that gives us power and the strength to do what we have to do and bring good fruits. And God willing, we will be good trees and we'll be blessed. As the Gemara says, that the trees, the fruit that come from you shall be like you. Achaim, and thank you very much. Hold on, it's not over yet. Okay, so now it's not halftime show. The show is the interaction. Growth is all about interconnectivity. Okay, so that's the way we do things here. So, but Erwin, but thank you for staying for as long as I appreciate it. Believe me. So, so let me try to understand this. And again, I, you know. Um, so the idea of Adam being the eights is his midos, right? These are the right, and this was an idea that the that the that the last Rebbe developed. This was his own. Uh, it has this was his own original point, right? Yeah, he's okay. the one who actually brought it out and he spelled it out in the words Adam et and right. brought it out in the okay. in the words of the Gemara. So it's in the midos. In other words, basically the midos, the character traits. That's where we have man. Being eight sasoda, in other words, man is eight sasoda in terms of his midos, because midos are connected, and that shayrish. The way I think what you were saying is, is a combination of, I guess, a soul essence, but also in a practical way, the way you were raised and things that you saw, the community that you were brought into, and and as like Freud probably would say that these are things which are almost very difficult to change if you had a father who was angry if you had the DNA of someone if you right, the DNA that was put into your gene so to speak <coughs> becomes such a balmidus, right? like a whatever it is uh, so that's where Odom is Eitz Asoda so that's Odom so I'm saying Odom Eitz Asoda is in terms of Midois and Midois is where we're right and so I'm just trying to figure out is the is, is it a bifurcation? We're, we're, aiming, we're aiming for Kalta Puchen anyway. Right, what do you mean? Right. right, which is also a field, right? A field of... So it's also of trees. Right. So that shows you that the Tikkun of... of the Midas should get you there. The Midas will get you into it. Because it's working as, as working on yourself as a Tapukin. We have some... We have some over here. But it's also Milosh and Nafuach, also growth as well, which right. is an extension. Now, now you say right. What? Well, well, the reason the, it's called Tapuach is because it's because it looks like expanded. So, so basically, I, I, again, just to reiterate, in, so Tu B'Shvat is then a day to really work on our midas, on our. And since Odamet Sasoda is about the midas within a person. So Tu B'Shvat would then be a day to recognize the significance of what Midas Leibas are. Right. Tu B'Shvat is recognize the day, but Tu B'Shvat is 
a day that brings to mind this idea, but it's something that we should take with us throughout the entire year. No, I understand. But I'm saying as a Rosh Hashanah, and we know in Rosh Hashanah, the Rosh of the Shona is called all of the Inyanim of the Shona. So what's that Avaita for this Monday? The Avaita for this Monday that you're suggesting for us to do is not just but to eat fruit, but to recognize where fruits come from and recognize that within ourselves that we have our midos that we can that are part of us and that are an essential that are an essential part of us that we can develop and sometimes by recognizing where we come from. Interesting <laughs> under our bark. Yeah, under, <laughs> under, under our bark, right. And not allowing the bark to develop into a bite. In other words, that it should only be the no, uh, wrong type of no, tree. Yeah. Don't get me going on trees. What? Don't get you going on trees? Yeah. <laughs> 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 the right. So what is the what do you that's a good point. What is the sense of of din that happens on Tu Is there any? So it's it's interesting actually regarding your question that there's a um Tu as you see it we brought in the Mishnah there's a dispute between Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel is it Rosh Chodesh the first day of the month or is it the 15th and interesting they say that this is actually their dispute is based off the fact that there's that regarding Rosh Hashanah generally we say that the whole world is judged on Rosh Hashanah but particularly we say that on Sukkot which is the 15th of the month of Tishrei we're judged on the rain on the water on growth which is connected to the love and the stroke and it's actually Therefore, if you're looking at the general picture, you know, fast forward, you know, a few months, three months later, um, then it's connected to the, you know, from Rosh Hashanah, you're going to Rosh Chodesh Shabbat. But Basila says, no, you have to look more particular. When are you actually judged on the rain? Which is what it's affecting the tree. Well, the final is only Kushanarat, not Kushanarat. No, the rain. That's the first. No. But it says that, Bachag, that on, on, the, on the holiday, that's when you, on the 15th, that's when you're uh, judged. Right, but the sort of to Bishvat is, the sort of Bishvat is post to Bishvat, that's the Mayim for right, the but, year. Well, uh, up until to Bishvat, it's the rains from the previous year that caused the fruit to come out. What's going to happen post to Bishvat is, is, is back into the rain. It's back to the din on the on the rain that happened on 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 Sukkos. Right. right? Mine is really parnasa. It's really taking away from your shot of midos. You want to say midos? Say Rosh Hashanah. Right. Same way Rosh Hashanah. We're look, our midos is what we're working on the whole level. Right. Right. Use use that for tubishvat. Tubishvat is not just um, fixing your midos. It's connecting your mind with your midos. Using right. using your mind to to fix it. Obviously, you know. Right. But he's saying Zekolot, and he says that's what right. we have voted the whole year. Yankee said, "Okay, I guess what we're trying to listen. We're not trying to roast you on the fire here. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to just we're, we're trying to fine tune it." Yeah, I got some. I have all different types, but um, but the point is, I, I guess what Yankee's asking is that. Again, we, we, again, part of what we want to do is put things in perspective, and, and things shouldn't just um, uh, conflate into each other. This is what this is. This is what this. So Yanki is saying, the avoda of every person during Elam, coming to Rosh Hashanah, coming to Rosh Hashanah, is working on his midas as well. He knows that's where most of his chatoyim lie, not in his 
not intellectually. Most of the meters lie, and most of the chatoim lie there. So, <coughs> is Tubishvat a callback to Tshuva? Um, how is it distinctly different? That's your, your question. Is how is it distinctly different than any sort of avoda that we do throughout the year? Right. Well, po- well, po- point. In that right. to the mind, it, it, the whole chovas halavos is all about right. You have to, if, if you don't think about it, right? Lave, lave is really is really the thoughts. Right, but also the that's that's, that's the meters that you're working on. The Elul is more preparation, you could say, for Rosh Hashanah, fixing yourself up for the new year. Tubashado, here the message is, the person in general as a whole, your job, your life, your goal, in general, not not today, not tomorrow, not as preparation for something, but your your mission on planet Earth is Eitzasada. Is to be, is to connect your mind, your mind, your mind, and, and your character. So it's not a specific day that it has to be done. You could say, yes, this is something which is aroused on this day because this is the day that we remind ourselves of the trees. You know, the, it's interesting. The verse of Adam Eitzasada is not um, particularly in the Torah brought down in regards to Bishvatid or in, re, in regards to giving my right, In so regards to some, you know, something totally different, which, you know, which is, which, is actually, which is actually a good question. Why was that the place? Why was this essential idea of Midas put into Muhammad? There, I think you could probably have a good speculation. Because Muhammad is really supposed to bring out, you would say, the most aggressive aspects of people, right? Those are the psukim that deal with how to win a war. And like when you win a war, you know, the, in one hand, Chazal say, I feel Kadu the Chaziri you're allowed to eat, right? That when you're, that when the, when the troops are out there, and whatever they can find, even if what they can find is the worst type of, uh, tray food, they're supposed to eat it and win the war. Even the heter vifastayar is only something of taking taking a woman in battle, whether it's a mitzvah, it's not a mitzvah, but the heter is there because normally you see a war to be a place to bring out that sort of aggressiveness. That part. Right. But normally, was, so I'm saying, no, but in the, what David said was about to say. Right. But, so but what's our ultimate battle? But I'm saying, what's our ultimate battle? Right. So a shasmu, right. But a shasmu chama to bring out automate sasoda is a is a is a beautiful contrast. Yes, this is a shasmu chama. But the same way, hey, there's no reason you've beaten the enemy. No reason to do Sherman. No reason to burn the scorch the earth and destroy the eights in there. That's the pasha pshat. But what that means is that's bringing out the midos within you. In other words, the reason why it's your, the, the Rebbe's Yisoyed, using the Rebbe's Yisoyed, why was this the place in the Torah that this aspect was in the Scala? Because this was a place where you would have thought what's called for <coughs> is actually the worst part of yourself. Was actually, hey, you got to win the war. There's no room for kindness. There's no room for respect for the other. There's no room for compassion there. That's where Midas get shunted to the side, and what you want just is to actually bring out your aggressive physical energy against the enemy. Right, so yeah. it could be that's right. the place Rebel. why the terror was discovered. What, what do you say, yeah. uh, Nar? What war are we talking about? Isn't it like all internal war? So the psukim are talking about a war uh, against the whole world. Well, there it's just talking about it's talking about the the, the the army of the Jewish people fighting an enemy and realizing that in order to conquer, it's telling you hold on, do what you can to be safe. And if you have to, uh, like as Chazal say, if you have to destroy the trees because the snipers are in the trees, do that. But if this is just a way 
to cause the enemy to feel that he uh, has no power whatsoever and that you're going to destroy what was good, the Eitzim, the Torah says, do not do not destroy those, uh, those trees. Because if you do that, then you're actually going counter, saying based on what the Rebbe said, he's going right. counter to the essence of who you are, of what you should be. Even Bishas Macham, Alachas Kamavakam, as you said, we're always into some sort of war. Uh, right. right uh, in, in a way of pushing things back. Yeah, but the, the ultimate battle, as if, you, if you're conquering a city, the idea is the, the highest level is, is to conquer it and then turn all the people, you know, into into that service to, to turn them around to be to be supporters. You know, to, like, right. it's like taking your Yetzirah Sahara conquering it, but having it working with you for Hashem. You know? David is saying something very beautiful. He's saying, actually, not only have you, not only have you showed compassion, anybody shown can your revenge, anybody can work This is a way to actually the, the, the to people that, the people that you won the battle against will actually right. respect you, right. and yeah. it won't you won't have to be constantly fighting with them okay. because they'll see from the way you acted in war that you are a person of Midos. And therefore, it's not going to be just, uh, uh, you know, to use something from today's headlines, it's not just something like a, a conquered nation or, or, or what's it called, uh, occupied territories right. where they're constantly trying to undermine us. If if the way you employ yourself in battle is with this type of Lislash Kazazetsa, then they'll understand, hey, maybe it's okay being part of greater respect, Israel. Right. Maybe it's okay being part of greater Israel. And a lot of the Arabs think that a lot of Palestinian, a lot of Israeli Arabs would much rather be Israeli citizens than be uh, And so therefore how this Pasuk is, is, is definitely has that relevance in that way. Yeah, yeah. I see that way it goes. It's like, and then you're saying that that's also the way that a person's midos, in other words, <laughs> he accomplishes two things. Not only has he broadened the border of, of greater Israel, and not only does he have more submissive, better citizens, but he's also become a better person within himself. So, um, so it actually is quite. I think we've done a, a good job trying to sort of center it back into these pesukim, right? Right. What's interesting, though, so we're going to look into the pesukim um, over there regarding God and to Sada. So most of the first actually, what does the pesuk say? The pesuk says that when you're coming, when you're sotzer over here, when you're going to conquer a city, and you see trees over there, it says you should not uh, chop down the trees. Kia Adam Sada. And the and that has another few words in the Pasagosa. I think our gloves will pull it up soon. So the Pashtub shot, the simple shot with the Mufarshim explained is Fakir. It's not that the man is like the tree, but the opposite. Meaning that the Pasagosa is trying to tell you that the tree is not like a man, that the tree is actually fighting against you, the tree can't run away, and therefore don't destroy it. So it's interesting that the, you know, if you're looking at text based, um, right. So here's it's a little, here's it's what, the opposite of what uses it out. For right. Here's the translation, as you said. Um, Thou shalt not cut them down, for is the tree of the field man? I mean, right. it's as, it's as, as Right, that's what it says. Should the tree be Right, that you should. Right, he's not. He's not like a human that you actually need to. <laughs> you need to. You need to send the drone attack against. But the trees, the tree is a, the tree is not. So you're saying that even though the Pasik says it in Boshan Bitmia as if right. it's a, right, but we actually use it in terms of our avoda, we actually use it as a as a statement.
that's the base of the, the, the Gemara says that's from the Talmud. Right. So it does really make sense both ways. Because a person is like an ace, and they're connected to the roots, but unlike a tree, it gets nothing out of it except for nourishment. It gets nothing out of it. No, it grows physically. So it doesn't become a better tree. It doesn't well, become a more... Bar- <laughs> it doesn't become a bigger balmy. It's, it's, it's a tree. It's not going to become a better variety of the trees. It's just a tree. Whereas a person, you can, ta- you can take what you get from being connected to your roots and say, you know what? Maybe I should become a better person, or even a different person. Whereas a tree is a tree, and it's always going to be a tree, and it's not going to be a different tree. An orange tree will never be a grapefruit tree. You know, grapes will never. That's just the way they are. So it's it's both ways. Other mates are sada. You have this ability to connect to your roots, but other mates are sada. You're better than a tree. You know, it's both. It's part of a tiny disruption. Like if you look over there at that orange, it's probably. Seen the reason that's because there was a mutation. That's what it's about. Three of the muted trees, right, that have, and grapes that have no seeds, etc. So a lot of these things were. Are the crazies so, you're so looking at? They're actually trees that did improve themselves, at least for our purposes. We, we helped improve them. <laughs> no, no, but they, they occurred naturally, and then we, we propagated them. Right. But they did occur naturally. It's not that it was genetically engineered. Now we may have a circumstance like that, but it's not that it was genetically engineered like the clementine was found, you know, in some monastery it's not somewhere. It's not like a bunch of trees got together and said, you know, let's work yes, on ourselves. Yes. We're going to become seedless trees. You know, yes. People can do that. People can sit around at a table and say, you know, let's work on our anger. Let's work on our whatever. Agreed. We'll be better people. Uh, well, well, trees didn't get together and say, let's Right. If, if only they would. Right. I think you could, but you, you know, we could. Mark, I think we could take your. Mark's point was automates us so the, that in a way we're better than trees. In a way, we could also ask, like like Rabbi Minsky was saying, based on the on the Rebbe, ki automates us so the, meaning most people actually they don't even think about their midos. So we could also say bloshin bit to me also, ki automates us so the, Why aren't we? In a sense, eight sasoda. Gyoto meets sasoda because most of us don't have this type of uh, perspective. And therefore, you could also say, in other words, the tree, which you're right, is not sentient, although, you know, there are, there are people that say if you talk to them, it makes a difference, and that they, who knows. But in terms of uh, the Lush and Bitmia, might also be like a, 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 a tine on us. Why aren't we? Gyoto meets sasoda. In other words, yeah, why aren't you that? Why do you think? All you're about is you're just all the mindless of a tree, but you're also the mindless of the people. So right, but most people don't mind. recognize, and based on what Rabbi Minsky was saying, most people don't recognize that. Like, Yoda Most people aren't that way, and that could be Lashon Bitmia. Just one last thing, of course, this is also the mukar for which is Torah, right? Well, the, okay. Well, then you go back to the Ganadin itself, where you have the eights, eights guy and he. Right, the eight sky is, is this is the eights that you have to nourish from. This is the eights that you have to go to the roots, and you could you could, you could, minimal, you could mimic many trees and get nothing out of it. Right. Well, right. But the Yitzchayim from from Gan Eden. I think also it's important to say that this is also the parsha, not only of how you how you administer warfare, 
But it's also the parsha, of course, of Baltashkis in general, which we all know is about you know what, how we use things and what we throw away, what we recycle, how we're supposed to really deal with this whole planet. I mean, most people, this is really a, a very extensive parsha in terms of that. Like, what you know, when do we say we're wasting? When aren't we wasting? What, when when are we destroying something that we think is for our benefit? But it's really about it's it's about Tashkas. Um that could be in a way again we also we all obviously believe in a in a Gula Shlema and Mirzashem Mashiach, but the idea of leaving the world in a better state than it is is also probably something that stems from uh, Midas. And let me just make that point. Stems. Stems, yeah. yeah. Because most people say, What do I care what the world's gonna be what do I care about? What do I care about, you know, you know, recycling? What do I care about these inyonim? What do I care about that? That's a world after I'm gone. You know, <laughs> the, the science, whatever it is, the futurists will tell you for the next 10 years, everything is fine. So, yeah, okay, next 20 years. So the, the idea of, of, of not creating waste, the idea of not being mashkis, in a way, I think is also an indicator of the ultimate mitos, to actually think beyond ourselves, in other words, normally you could say, I want to be better, I love my kids, I want to be a good role model. But the idea of actually taking the Parsha Baltashkis and looking at it beyond your lifetime and beyond maybe even your children's lifetime, that might be the ultimate idea of Midas Because in a way, you're actually wanting to bequeath to the next generation's way beyond you a better world, which is really the parsha of Odomates Asoda. The styrofoam plates that we're eating on now will be in the ground, unfortunately, for our great-grandchildren. Yeah, so we... All right, so you're right. We should. That's that's the cheshman of Odomates Asoda as well. Yeah, also interesting that somebody who plants a crude tree, right? A carob tree... Because it doesn't like fruit for like eighty years or something like that. It's a good market. So, yeah, so you're, you're yeah, thinking it's a good market. Yeah, right. That, that they're, they're thinking about the fruit. I am out. That's where that they're, that they're, we're they're talking about the crew tree for, for his grandchildren. Right. But right. Also, I also think that that, that, that person like like Asa Soda, just like just like environment, wherever you plant yourself, whether you, if you're going to plant a tree in the desert, it's going to you know it's going to be, but if you're going to per- plant your tree in a in a fertile, good area, right? Then, then the, the tree is going to be healthy. Also, water it needs it needs to be nourished the by water. My my chai my So so you got to have the right environment and the right tire, and then you can bring a beautiful tree with the, with pears. So on that end, I'll, we'll we'll just make a we'll finish off with a little commercial for Rabbi Minsky oh. because that's what he's trying to do here in Newark. He's trying to create. Of course, we do it here in the building, and this is part of my job and all of you that help me do it, but Arminska is trying to create a fertile environment here in Newark and going and meeting the, the young people throughout, the young professionals, the young students, and all the different universities. Huh? <laughs> right, to show, but also, but also, to, but also, the Mir Tashem, we should say that Newark and isn't, it shouldn't be just Midmark. That could be a place where, if you go to Newark, Hopefully, with your work and the work that we continue to do here, it'll be the type of place where people will say, "Yeah, this is this helped nourish me. This helped turn me into the type of person I needed to be." So, thanks a lot. All right, Mirta Shem, we'll see everybody again here next week. Then, Shkayev <laughs> comes.